You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, welcome back into the podcast that we like to call From the Podium, where you hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. Chiefs continued their preparation for Sunday night football's contest against the Tennessee Titans on Thursday. We heard from offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo, special teams coordinator Dave Tobe, wide receivers coach Joe Bleemeyer, tight ends coach Tom Melvin, and offensive line coach Andy Heck. We'll go in that order, starting with Eric Bieniemy, followed by Steve Spagnolo, then Dave Tobe. After that, we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll finish things up with Joe Bleemeyer, Tom Melvin, and Andy Heck. Here's Eric Bieniemy. Good afternoon. Hope all is well with everybody. Uh, we had a, felt good to get some time off. We had a bye week. Uh, myself, I caught up on a lot of sleep. Feels good, but uh, probably too much sleep because now I'm full of energy this week. But uh, feels good to be back. We got a, uh, a very physical opponent that's coming in. Got the utmost respect for this team and the utmost respect for this head coach. They've done a hell of a job. With that said, I'm all ears. Um, it's, probably, it's been a while since San Francisco game, first time chat with you since. Was that kind of what you envisioned going into the season, that it all fitting together like the way it did in that game? You know what? I thought our guys did a great job of playing team football. Everybody found a way to contribute. I thought everybody stepped up. You know, hats off to our coaching staff. Our guys did a heck of a job of getting our guys ready. And the thing that I love about it is that everybody has a piece of the pie. And so that's been huge. I think our guys are starting to hit a stride. We just need to make sure that we can get back in sync and in rhythm after coming off a bye. And how much does it take you guys as coaches to, I mean, obviously you see these guys in training camp and OTAs and stuff like that, but when they're new faces, how, much, how long does it take you guys to really get a feel for, for strengths and put them in the right spots? It, 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 it takes a while, but that's why we have the offseason. We have our OTAs. We also uh, we have training camp. You know, Pat does a great job with those guys, spending time with him when he can, just to develop that chemistry. And it's still a work in progress. So the thing that we want to continue to do is to continue building off of what we've had, what we have right now. And the thing about it, like I said, everybody's going to contribute. Everybody has a piece of the pie. We just got to continue to play hard, play fast, and understanding that every play is by far the most important. Coach had said that, that you, you guys wanted to get Isaiah Pacheco more touches, and so that's why he was kind of up first. How did you guys come to that conclusion, and, and why do you, why the change there from, from Clyde first? I know it's still committee. Yeah. Well, first of all, both those all those guys are going to play. And at the end of the day, we're counting on those guys to contribute. Uh, we have a number of discussions that we have behind closed doors that I'm not going to disclose, but everybody has an important role. So we're counting all those guys to do their part. So it doesn't make a difference who starts the game or who finishes the game. When they're in there, we want them to contribute. Because when it's all said and done with, and I say this, and you guys have heard me say this, it's not about the numbers, okay? It's about the alphabets. And the only alphabet that matters is the W. So whatever we need to do to put our guys in position to be the best that they can possibly be so we can accomplish the goal. And just like I said, we know the goal is to get that alphabet. 
got a new wide receiver out there, Kadarius Tony. Your first day of practice with him yesterday. What, what stood out to you about the most, most about him? You know what? Uh, I, I thought the kid did a good job. Obviously, you know, uh, we're not going to exhaust him. <laughs> Kid's a very good football player. But we just want to make sure that he can mix in with our guys because we have some good uh, players that are doing a very good job. We want the chemistry to work. Obviously, we still got to get some timing up with Pat. But as far as a, a football player, the kid's a heck of a player. The kid's a very, very smart kid. And we just want him to fit in our culture and basically understand what we do and then put him in position to have an opportunity to be his best. But I'm sorry, one of the reputations that I guess is out there about him was he was a little bit nicked up and wasn't healthy enough to play in New York. A couple different coaching staffs weren't able to get him on the field and encourage him. How important is it when you guys are your culture here that if you can play, even if you're not 100%, you got to get out there and play and practice? And he, did that reputation come with him? Let me just say this, okay? The kid is, <laughs> he just got here. And, uh, the kid is a very, very good kid. And obviously, whatever was said out there in New York, that was said out there in New York. This kid's a part of our family now. Our receiver room has accepted him. Our team has accepted him. And we're going to do whatever we can to make sure that he feels comfortable and confident in anything that he can do to help us to be, be at our best. And a part of that is just making sure that he's okay. We don't want to rush the kid into anything. We want to make sure that he's good with our language and how we do things. But on top of that, we got a good group of receivers. We got a good group of players on offense who's doing a heck of a job of teaching him. But on top of that, making sure that, you know, that, like I said, it's about the chemistry, doing what is best for us. Do you feel like he gives you something that maybe you didn't have otherwise in your receiving group? I feel that he adds value to our team to help us to focus on our goal. Um, he adds value as a receiver. And I'll say this, he's a part of our group. And I just want everybody to understand this. Okay, you know I'm not going to sit here and say this player, this, this. No, he's a part of our culture now. He's a part of our team. The thing that we'll do, we'll work on finding ways to make sure that we can put him in situations where he can be at his best. Right now, we're still trying to figure that out. And when that, when that happens, I guess that's when I had that answer, Adam. What about his ability to run after the catch? Not that you don't have guys mm -hmm. already who can do that, but is that one area where he stands out to you? I think a lot of our guys stand out after the catch, and that's what we want. We always want the best football players all right, that can help us to contribute. But prior to that, let me just go back and say this. We always want the best people that happen to be the best football players that understands the importance of why we're here. We're here to do what? We're here to win the Super Bowl, okay? We're here to win the AFC West. We're here to make sure that we can focus all of our attention on the now, living in the present moment and not getting caught up on everything. So yes, all right, I think that we have the best people who happen to be the best football players. And it's our job as coaches to make sure that we can utilize you know, all the different talents to help us to accomplish our goals. When you say you're still getting to know him, what is that process? I'm, I'm sure during the bye week it helps, right? But, I mean, Brett and, and his crew look over tape before a guy gets here. I'm sure you don't really do that until after you make the trade. So can you kind of walk us through just the process of trying to get to know a guy, whether it's him or anybody else? And, and here's the thing. I'll, I'll say this. Obviously, he came out a couple of years ago, so we had an opportunity to see him. 
because he was one of the uh, more higher rated uh, receivers coming out during that time. So we had an idea of who he was as a player. And so that's the beauty of it. Obviously, the kid is a very talented kid. For whatever reason, it didn't work out in New York. Sometimes a, a change of address is good for a number of reasons. So we're hoping that a change of address is good for this kid. Do you immediately pop in, take yourself, and start going through his back games and all that stuff to try and see how he might fit? You know what? Not really. <laughs> and I say this not to be uh, rude or anything. I say that because we're so focused on the present. Mm -hmm. You know, our job is to make sure that our guys are ready for Tennessee. And obviously, you know, last week was last week, but still, our focus was on the Tennessee and, you know, just making sure that we're getting the best game plan ready. So, Eric, I think um, statistically, and tell me if I'm right, but I believe you guys are first in the league in red zone efficiency. Um, what has been the reason for that success so far, and how much does Pat allow you guys to be so successful in the red zone? Well, uh, I'll say this, okay? All the numbers are great. All the ratings are great. But the thing that I love is that as a staff, our guys do a heck of a job, okay? We got some good coaches that help collaborate. And uh, our guys are doing a heck of a job of, uh, of basically executing when uh, putting those situations. So I think more than anything, that's been helpful. But I'm going to just say this. I hate discussing. I'm not about the numbers. I don't care where we are ranked. It's about where we finish. And when we, we are in those areas, okay, it's our job to make sure that we're being efficient and maximizing the opportunity. I guess to, to me, Eric, it, it, it appears mm -hmm. in the red zone, under those sort of condensed spaces, it looks like Patrick's footwork and timing in the pocket has improved from last year. I guess, A, is that the case? And how much of that is necessary versus obviously being in the middle of the field where you can scramble and have many more opportunities? Yeah, Pat's doing a hell of a job. But more importantly, our guys are doing a hell of a job. Everybody's playing fast. Everybody has a complete understanding. And just like I said, as a coaching staff, we're growing together. We're collaborating. Ball is coming out faster. Uh, we're able to make things happen a little quicker. It's, it's been a unique situation. But I'm going to just knock on wood because Nate, you didn't brought it up. You know, we don't want to worry about those numbers right now. <laughs> our guys are playing hard. They're doing an efficient job. When placed in that area, we want to make sure that we continue being as efficient as we need to. Eric, I, I know there's been you know, a lot of numbers out there about you know, coming back, how, how great with Patrick. You guys have been coming back from double-digit deficits. I mean, you, you're digging the deficit there. It's twofold. It's not just offense. It's defense too, right? It's whole team game. But is there something as to why? I mean, I know there's more going on in those early play calls than just trying to move the ball. You're kind of probing the defense, seeing what it is. But is there a reason why? Maybe it's not clicking as much as fast uh, as, as maybe you have in, in other years? You know what? I think because we have so many competitive people who happen to be on our team, sometimes you can naturally just be a little bit too overhyped and end up taking yourselves out of situations. And that's why it's important. I always talk to our guys about this. Don't worry about what just took place. Let's worry about what's about to happen next. We can't worry about some of the spilled milk <laughs> that may have taken place over the past few plays. It's okay. At the end of the day, what are you going to do now to help us to be efficient moving forward? And I think our guys just, they do a great job of living in the now, but on top of that, they understand, regardless of what took place, it's all about the next play. And I know that sounds simple, but our guys do a great job of focusing on the now. Is, is part of it that, you know, to use a boxing term, you guys are kind of counterpunchers. 
you got to kind of see what the game plan is, and then from there you get to the part of the play sheet that works against what they're doing? Uh, I think a part of it, too, and, and, and I don't know why we don't like giving credit to the other teams. Those guys do a hell of a job, too, and they get paid. And just like I discussed about this head coach, I have the utmost respect for him. Respected him as a player, watched his career over the years, and then watching him as a coach. They do a hell of a job. And you got to understand that we would love to go out, go out there and beat everybody 100 to nothing, but that's not realistic. So we have to have the ability, speaking in boxing terms, to, to take punches, okay? But also have the ability to recover and making sure that we're good going into that next round. So at the end of the day, it's about our job, about our guys focusing in the moment. That's all. Thank okay? You. Thank you, guys. About the same number of people, huh? How was the bye week? You're getting ready to ask me, I know. It's good. It's good to have a little bit of time. Uh, yeah. You can't go anywhere without people finding out. Okay. Yeah. So you guys know about Big Charlie's, um, great little, and Polly owns it, and they've been great. Like way way back when I got the job here, I just I knew about it, so I stopped over, and they become terrific friends. And when we played the Eagles, they uh, was that last year? Yeah. I think yeah. we played the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, Maria, my wife, went over and was a guest bartender, <laughs> and she took all her tips and gave it to charity or something. And the guys were telling me when I was there. I don't know if I'm supposed to do all this, but I'm telling you anyway. Um, so she was leaving. She, Maria's so innocent. She's leaving, and she's got the money for the tips to bring to her charity. She's in South Philly, and she's just ready to walk out and go to her vehicle. And I said, no, no, no. And she put two bodyguards on her and walked her out of there. So I thought that was pretty good. All right, enough of that. I'll open it up. We're getting ready to play Tennessee. So. We did, yeah. yeah. I, he's, listen, they're good people, and it's a unique group, you know, right smack in the middle of South Philly. And there's about, I mean, there's a good hundred and so of them that are loyal to the Chiefs every Sunday. And the paraphernalia in there is wild. I mean, it's no bigger than this room and that room together. Have you ever been there, Sid? Yeah. yeah. But they're great. They're great. So I wanted to, I had said for two years I was going to stop and bring the ring. And I hadn't had a chance to do it, COVID and everything that happened. So that was my bye week deal. It was great. People. All right, let's get on to Tennessee here. So, uh, Derrick Henry is obviously uh, a, a stud for them. Yeah. And you guys are getting, well, excuse me. Uh, about him trying to trying to get yourself ready to defend him. Yeah. You faced him before. Yep. Um, last year, he didn't like uh, crush you guys, but he's a factor every, every week. What are you yeah. seeing from him this year that's maybe a little bit better than, uh, yeah, or worse he's, than he's been before? Well, listen, he's been on a roll. I mean, the whole team has, right? They lose the first two games and then go five straight. Uh, so they're geared up and headed. It looked to me like they got back to their Tennessee formula in the last couple of weeks, which is play great defense, run the football, control the clock a little bit, went on third down, and all of it kind of is generated by the guy you're talking about, you know, King Henry, they call him, right? And he's the king of the run game. Um, and a big challenge for us because he's a big back, you can't simulate that in practice, right? So you just got to hope that your foundation of what you've done up till this point allows you to tackle them. Um, got to find a way to get them on the ground. Look at it. It's, it's, it. Everybody does the exact same thing. It's not a secret, you know. Try to get more hats there. Commit eight or nine or whatever it is. Take some chances in the run game and hope it doesn't hurt you uh, deep. Uh, but it's focus number one. To follow up on what he said, I'll give you more credit. 29 for 89. Tyler, I think he's pretty good. 
last year against uh, Henry, yeah. but AJ Brown obviously. Yeah. He got you. Is that is yeah. that the? I know he's not there this year, but you put so much into stopping him that. Yep. And it's happened to other teams, too. Um, you know, I, I know that stat sounds pretty good. I thought the game was a little bit different, right? They jumped out ahead, and then they changed, and we knew they were going to run ball the whole second half. So the challenge was a little bit easier in the second half of that game just because of the way it went. I think the challenge is going to be a lot tougher here. Uh, you know, I'm at, we're anticipating that Ryan Tannehill will get back, and he's really good at getting them in and out of plays. And he knows enough that, look, if it's not great, he may throw it. He's been around the league a long time. So we can't afford the explosive passes, which nipped us a little bit last week. Uh, and we certainly got to find a way to stop n number 22. If you don't do that, it's going to be a long day, right? They're going to have the ball and our number 15 is over on the sideline, and none of us want that. Um, so we're going to have to play that game with it. And somebody on the outside, talking about our coverage guys, somewhere along the way are going to have to make a play on their own in coverage. You talk about how hard it is to stop a big back like that. And we hear that every time Derrick Henry comes around, but there's no other big backs coming through the, the system. Why, why, if it's such a challenge for defensive coordinators, how come more people don't do it? Yeah, every, every running back's like 5'9, 5'10, 210. Yeah. Because they want them to be pass catchers. <laughs> right? Everybody's throwing the ball. I mean, I, I think, I mean, that's just my guess. You'd have to ask offensive guys why. Um, but it just comes back to the same thing with him. I, the thing we've been preaching this week is own your own your role, right, on every play, and tear off or get off. You're going to, a blocker is going to be assigned to every guy, maybe a hat on a hat. Tear off your block before he gets there because you've got no chance if you're engaged in a block and you're trying to tackle him because he's that good. One of the bright spots in that game was Nick Bolton and, and how he played. Yeah. How important is he to, to being able to, and how repeatable, I guess, is that? that yeah, I'm hopefully it's repeatable. Listen, he's done some really good things for us. He's right in the middle of the defense, and in that game you're talking about, he was in the middle. I think Hitch had gotten hurt somewhere along the way, so he was in the middle, and that's where we want him. Um, we'd like to keep Nick as clean as we can and let him do his thing, but that can't always happen. Uh, and they do a great job in their zone blocking scheme to get people up on him. I'm sure they'll be very cautious of that. Normally about this time of year, rookies stop being rookies. Huh. You know, they've had enough experience, but Trent, he's basically a rookie. Yeah. He's been out for eight weeks. So yeah. what is he... Like how far behind is he from a typical rookie? Yeah, we'll find out. It's a good question. It's hard to tell. I mean, he's been out there in this three-week window period, you know, where he's been practicing, and then some days have gone good, some days not so good. He had a good day yesterday. We hope he's passed all of that, and we hope he can go out and be the guy that we thought he was going to be when we took him and, and that he was developing and being through training camp in the early part of the season. But... That, that whole window of time, that, that's tough. It's tough to make up. We're going to have to, some more growing pains, right? I've got the, other, the guys that have been going through, and we may have to go through, through some there. But we've got a lot of confidence in training. You, you had the pass rush going pretty well in San yeah. Francisco. When, when you call a blitz, how much of it is, okay, that, it's in the game plan for this down and distance, we're going to come after him. And how much, how much, how much of it is just gut feeling that yeah. we, need, we need to get after him on this particular play? Can you kind of quantify that? Yeah. Is it mostly um, game plan stuff, or do you just kind of stuff sometimes just say, hey, we need to get after I, You know, I, I mean, I put on the sheet that I have, obviously, initial thoughts and, you know, going in. But as the game gets going, uh, if I'm being totally transparent, it's more of a feel thing uh, than anything. And I just felt like, our, and quite honestly, I mean, I think we got some pressures without coming after them, but we're never going to get away from what we do because when you do that then it puts a little stress on the uh, what the offensive line is trying to do with the backs uh, because if you're sitting the same thing all the time I think people are too smart in this league 
not to pick it up. So we'll always mix it up. Mix it up. It is a little bit of a feel, and you know, I I try to talk with the guys on what they, you know, in between series on what they like or what they're feeling, um, and then we just kind of roll from there. Do you find yourself saying, "Wow, we, we really came after them a lot more than we anticipated," or or the, or the opposite? Yeah. We didn't go after them as much as we. Uh, you know, in that particular game, I, I, it's funny. It's been, too, you know, however long it's been. And, um, you know, I can't, I, I'm being honest with you, Adam. I can't really remember coming out of it. Um, whether we said, I don't remember saying to myself, we, I never say we came after him too much. <laughs> I, I haven't said that. So uh, I'll let you know when that pops in my head. You guys obviously yeah. trade Fenton. Uh, you guys obviously yeah. trade Fenton. How, how tough was, was that? And then yeah. you, know, you joked before about playing rookies and like how we talk about that yeah how comfortable are you now with four cornerbacks well yeah listen they, uh, Brett Veach and his crew saw an opportunity to do you know we got to pick um, or whatever they did but you listen Rashad's been here since we, we've gotten here you know he's one of my special guys it's hard to say goodbye to guys but I thought it was a great opportunity for him he's closer to home the way things are developing you know it was either going to be a rotational or so I think it's worked out good and it's time for guys to step up now the guys that are young can't be young anymore and we're talking about all of them right now. Sorry about that. That's You're good. without Frank Clark now for two games. Yeah. And, and you know, Adam was asking you about the blitz, and Clark was obviously a big part of that against the 49ers. How do you make up for his absence over these next two games? Well, we're fortunate that we're getting Mike Dana back. That's a good thing. Uh, and everybody else has got to step up. I mean, we Carlos is there, and George, and Mike Dana, and, and Malik Herring. We're talking about another young, back to another young guy, right? Because Malik didn't play at all last year, and he has to keep doing that. I thought Malik did some good things in the San Francisco game. We'll need him to do the same thing. Steve, when you, the, just the, the big offseason off here in Kansas City for the offense was the receiver changers. I'm just wondering as a defensive coordinator, is your game planning versus either a team that's, that's got one big guy or a team yeah. that, that really spreads it around? I'm sure each one of them has its own challenges, but what are the challenges for a team that does, you know, maybe spreads the ball around a little bit more? You mean does it have that one yeah. um, great point uh, I, I would I would answer it by this and say we're just going to do what we do. You know, uh, typically we'd have a, a double or a rollover two or take these two guys away. Um, listen, again, I'm going to go back to the quarterback. We're talking a lot about the running back here, but I got a lot of respect for Ryan and, and the way he operates. And I, when you watch tape and he did it against us and we brought some of our pressures, he knew exactly where to go with it and he gets it out really quick. Um, I'm getting back to the doubling thing that we won't be, but we're gonna have to go do what we do. And it's not like these receivers can't beat people because they still got some solid guys. I mean, Robert Woods has been a good receiver in this league for a while, um, and there will be at times where we'll pay attention to him and do some things. But it's a little bit different than some other teams, and mainly because of the guys standing behind the quarterback. I mean, it's hard to commit to coverage people and him get the ball and not be light somewhere in the run game. That's probably what happens more than anything. I'm not sure we've had a really a chance to talk to you much about Danny Shelton since he got here. Yeah, I love Danny. Kind of curious yeah. about, you know, what you learned about him. And, yeah. You know, perception was that you know maybe he could be somebody who could help you out against a team like the Titans that hasn't been. Yeah, before. yeah, good point. Um, I, I love having Danny here. He's a, he's the consummate pro, totally committed to what we're doing, and we're and we're working him in there. That part of it too is you know the he hasn't had a foundation of reps in the system. Not that. So it's, we don't know a lot right now, but hopefully slowly as we go and, you know, a turn of an ankle here or something happens there, I mean, he may be in there. We'll see. But I do, I am glad we got him. I think he does some really good things for us. Or Ken. This team would obviously look like more of a, you know, what is 
traditional base defense, four three, and have all three of your linebackers out there. Harris played real well when he was uh, yeah. filling in for Willie. Yeah. How's how's that third linebacker spot between he and Chanel yeah. fit together? No, that's a great point. Uh, we're fortunate in in knowing that we have a guy, you know, uh, another linebacker that we we know can play pretty good because he went out and did it. And he proved it. So there's a little bit of rotation there. I think we did it in the San Francisco game. I can't remember. Uh, but Darius has earned the right to play some football for us in the, in the things that he does. But we'll just see how the game goes in terms of how much what we call, you know, base offense they put out there and what we have to match it. We'll see how it goes. Okay? Thank you. Are you going to be sticking with uh, he's going to be one of them. Um, we'll see if we start him or not, but uh, he's, he'll, he'll still be in the mix. We're not giving up on him. We've got to keep developing him, you know, uh, moving forward. So, you know, we have three or four guys that can do it. Tony? Yeah, he can do it. Are you planning yeah. to use him Sunday? Maybe. I mean, we've got we to wait and see. It's, uh, coach, coach wants to get a look at him all week and then make a decision at game time. That's literally how it's going to go. But I like what I see so far. He looks good. How much can you tell? In a practice versus um, you could tell whether he's a good catcher. You could tell what kind of first step he has, um, and you could tell how his makey miss is is there. You know, and then we have punt return today, but that was kick return, right. and then we caught punts on uh, you know on the jugs machine yesterday. So uh, today today we'll learn a lot more, uh, a little bit more about him too. Yeah. No, uh, the, the make you miss part. Yeah. Is that you know he obviously has a lot of that, but is that something guys can kind of fall in love with? And you know, yeah, they you, they. You uh, guys get in trouble. Keep you know retreating, retreating. Is that it's you make you miss? Is like what what I mean by that is like some of that can see like the guys the coverage coming like he anticipated like Devin Hester does like you know, he he anticipated it and was able to cut ahead of time or set something up. You know, and then and then when the blocking, he kind of reads the blocking. You know, the exact way that the blocking is, is instead of just running somebody's back, and you know that kind of thing. So, you said yesterday that you know you guys talked to him a lot at the draft that there was obviously some oh, yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure you did a lot of breakdown on him. He's kind of he's kind of unique in how he cuts. He's strong too. You know, he's he's um he's got really good vision. He's got great suddenness, and he's very strong. You know, that's one of the things that um, you know I talked to the the special teams coach at the Giants too, and that's one of the, the first thing he said was how strong he was. So it's just, you know it's the same things that he's seen that we saw in college. So with, it's good. With Sky, um, how much of you know his mistake in San Francisco, for example, is fundamental for us? Do you feel like he's battling confidence right now? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, right now, um, you know, you got to remember now he didn't he didn't do it because we were trying to create him. You know, we're not giving up on him. I mean, because he's got talent. He's in there. He's just got to get more confidence. Uh, he's got to catch more balls in games. You know, he could catch them on the, on the jugs and stuff, but the games is, is where it matters most. You know, when you got that coverage coming down on you, it's, it's uh, getting them reps, getting them reps in games, um, you know, and, just, and then it'll build, it'll build for him. He's young, you know, so uh, we're not giving up on him. Could you mention uh, kick return now that Isaiah's doing a little bit more? Is, is there an effort to find somebody else back there now? Why? I mean, he's doing well, right? I mean, I, mean, I don't want to. I don't want to get rid of him. I mean, he's, with Nicole, yeah, he, didn't, he would have to be off the first place. That's, that's kind of where that. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I knew that question was coming, but I, you know, he's doing he's doing great. He keeps getting better. He had a great return, obviously, in that counter that we ran. Um, you know, and his confidence is getting better and better every time he does it, and his vision's getting better. You know, he still at, sometimes runs in the back of some people, but. 
you know, I, I want to keep using him until, you know, until they say we can't, you know, I mean, I, I think he's uh, creates field position for our offense and uh, it's good to have him back there. He runs strong. He's, he's, he's fun to watch. One, one to ask about Pacheco's big return to start the second half against San Francisco. Yeah. It seemed to really get momentum going. How important was that? And how can they get him going the rest of the season? Big. I mean, that, those, those kind of plays coming out of the second half, um, you know, that, that kind of set the tempo for our offense. I mean, we got that great field position, plus the penalty. I mean, the field position was unbelievable. Then the offense goes down and scores. And uh, that's what we feel like. When, when we're clicking on all cylinders, we're a tough team to beat. I think that's that, that was an indicator of, you know, what we can be. Pacheco. It gets more involved in the running game, you know, with Andy starting him last week. What's the kind of other plan going forward if you want to? If you want yeah, to I mean, that's kind of, kind of what I was talking about. We'll, we'll see. Um, you know, um, it, it'll, it'll probably come from coach. I'm going to want to keep playing him, but that's being selfish, you know. Uh, but we do have other guys that can do it as well. You know, I mean, Sky, he could be a, he could be a kick returner too. I mean, he's looked good in practice doing that. What do the Titans bring special teams-wise? How do you characterize they're, they're, Oh, man, they are so tough. I mean, they're, they're top eight, I think, right now. They're eighth in the league, you know, in the overall composite. Um, they, um, they're physical. You know, they have a the great returner. They have a young rookie uh, kick returner that runs strong. Punt returner is excellent. You know, uh, punter is, uh, I think he's second to Tommy right now in the league as far as bombing the ball. I mean, he, he gets it down there far. Uh, so... You know, and, and they're they're coached by Vrabel, who um, you know he's a tough, tough-minded coach, and and his his mentality kind of filters over into the team, and the team is so physical that we're going to have to bring our physical game uh, this weekend. Coach, with the Fenton trade, there's a little bit of a ripple effect of making sure Lamont's Chris Lamont's is still here. Just how critical is he to your operation? He's you know he's obviously a, he's a, a core guy for us. He's a four-phase player, plays on every phase just about, um, and he. Uh, He's critical as a, you know, as a gunner. He's, you know, he's our best gunner consistently. Uh, you know, every once in a while we'll get Kemp up. Kemp is, you know, obviously a good player. You know, obviously, you know, last week he came up and he was our best player point production wise last week. So, you know, anytime we can get Kemp, you know, in the in the mix, it, it makes us better. Yeah. So what's the adjustment from that to to a game? Just reps. He's got to he just got to do it in the game. You know, and and. Um, have success, uh, build confidence, um, see it on tape that the guys aren't right on you. You know, sometimes they, you, they feel like they're right on you, but they're really not. You know, and I think that's you know, part of his hesitation is catching the ball low and getting his eyes up instead of keeping focused on the football. I mean, if you look at his catch, his misses, they all, like, he, he's got his eyes up and they're low catches, too low. You know, he's not catching the ball high enough. And he does, he does a good job in practice with that, but it's the games. I'm not saying this is the case with the sky bike in baseball, right? Like judging a fly ball. Some yeah. guys can do it, some guys can yeah. Everyone can get The only difference in baseball, you're not getting whacked by somebody running down the field. <laughs> yeah. It's a big difference. Yeah. So it's a big it's one. It's you and the ball. Yeah. And I try I tell him that all the time, it's you and the ball, but yeah. but, but, <laughs> but is there you know, some guys can and some guys can't. You obviously feel that he can. He wouldn't I, put him out there. But yeah, is there? I still know? think he can, and and he wants to do it. That's the thing. I mean, he's not shying away from it. I said that before. He wants to do it. You know, and we're going to keep working him, and we'll get him back in there when we can. You mentioned during training camp that Trent might be your most sure-handed. Punch yes. Pitcher. Yeah. Now he's just coming back, so we're just kind of yeah. slow playing him. But yeah, he's another guy that can do it. Uh, you know, we'll we'll work him again today, obviously, and just but. You know, he's he's just coming back, so <laughs> we don't want to put too much on his plate right now. But he's a guy. Thanks.
Thanks, everybody. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, we got a new weapon now? Can you tell us what you've seen so far? Uh, he's, been, he's been great for the two or three days that he's been here so far. Uh, he's picking everything up. Super good memory retention. We had heard he was smart, and he's demonstrating that classroom side of it. Uh, it's been very impressive, very intelligent. And then now it's just a matter of translating that on the practice field. So far, yesterday was good. Today will be another day, and we'll just keep stacking them. Your current group of receivers, obviously all of them already have a versatile skill set. What has Tony given you that the others uh, – Maybe or, or may have or might not have. Yeah, I, without knowing for sure, uh, he's got just this uh, explosive knack, especially with the ball. And we got guys that have that as well. Uh, his is just an, an additional layer to that. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know for sure what is what he, what he has that other people don't. But he definitely has talents. Uh, he's displayed them in the league uh, last year, this year and as far back to college. Um, it's, just a, it's just a matter of complementing him in roles with the other guys on the field and, and the scheme and against the defense that we're seeing. Joe, I, I just asked uh, Eric this, but you guys are number one in the league right now in terms of red zone efficiency. In that condensed space, why do you feel like you guys have been successful from a receiving standpoint and obviously what, what Patrick has done? Yeah, I think uh, that's a good question. I, um, I hesitate to pin it down to one thing. I think it's a, fa- a lot of factors. Uh, we ask a lot of the guys down there in terms of what we do, and we got really smart, uh, skilled players as long as well as a really good quarterback. And so we're able to do a lot of different things down there, and the guys know that down there uh, the space is condensed, things happen faster. you got to be on the details of everything that we're doing, and they have been. Um, which allows us to, to attack defenses in lots of different ways and then stay one step ahead, at least so far. And then the guys make plays, and a lot of it is the quarterback and the offensive line and uh, having that running threat as well. Joe, I know so much of what you guys do in play design is for one thing to open up and it's built off of something else, but how much do you think that just the skill set is helping you more this year as far as the diversity of skill set you have in, in your position as far as one thing helps maybe open up something else. Yeah, I think that's been, through the first seven weeks that we've played, that's been one of the things that we've relied on because we don't have a ton of tendencies with these guys yet. So it is just um, them winning with their physical abilities. As we go and defenses start to um, 
uh, focus on what we've done in the past, those compliments and I think some of what you're speaking to, what we've done in the past, uh, will start to show up even more. As of yet, we're, everything we're doing with the guys in the spots is still a little new, uh, both to us and the rest of the league. But that'll start to incorporate now some compliments and, and some carryover to where now you'll see uh, different guys opening up different things for other guys as opposed to just one-on-one. -on -one. <clears throat> Is this what you... It's, um, there's a trend now of Juju really picking up the production. I just wonder what you've seen from him. Um, maybe at the start of training camp to how you guys have sort of implemented and gradually improved over the course of time if that has made him you know, be you know, successful. Maybe that, that number one receiver with Patrick. Yeah, the, uh, you're always satisfied, I guess, or, or fulfilled as your coach when the stats mirror up with um, what we're asking them to do as far as the offense or the receiver room. Uh, Juju, Quez Cole, Jay Watt, all of our guys, I feel like, have been consistent in what we've been asking and, and how they've been playing throughout the weeks. Sometimes, for whatever reason, the ball finds you and the stats accumulate. And for the last couple of weeks, it's been uh, Juju. And then he's made the most of the opportunities when he's had those chances. But um, it hasn't necessarily been anything over the last month or something that changed or flipped. He's just consistently brought the same mindset um, and as well as all the other guys, the same practice habits. And that, that uh, attention to detail and that continuing to grow has led to where we are now. And we got to keep it going because I think there's still room for improvement. And we haven't even reached whether it's our offense's full potential or each of those individual receivers haven't reached their full potential, and, and that's still out there to get. It was, um, it was in camp where, where Travis sort of said that, hey, you know, because he's been in the office so much, he can obviously, you know, help the other receivers run routes or understand the route concepts or how you can maybe play with them or, you know, adjust post on pre and post apps. Um, I just wonder how his presence may have helped a lot of these younger guys because Kelsey is the one guy who's ran the offense the most with Patrick. Yeah. He's been invaluable. Their experience, some of the guys that we brought in in past systems, being NFL receivers has helped because there's a difference in um, a route concept between what you have and what you have to do. And it can be different from team to team as well. You know? And so Trav has really been able to kind of translate, here's what you have on this play and here's what you have to do. And those guys get that. There's a line on the paper and there's a pattern and then there's a way that we need to uh, run that or the mindset that we have to have and how we got to get that done to get first downs or to execute in the red zone across or down the field when teams are making you drive 12 or 14 play drives. And Trav's been able to communicate that as one of the guys who's been for here forever. Here's what you have. Here's what you have to do. Is there a specific example of, of that that has played out so far? Uh, without... I would say in situational downs, third downs, and red zone, um, as a general statement, those little nuances have shown up between here's what I have to do, here's what I have, and here's how to move the chains within the offense and within the system. Yeah. Thank you. You've uh, had a front row seat for Travis's pro career. Just, I was wondering if there's a point where you sort of knew that this was the kind of career he was going to have. Uh, I'm not sure there was a defining moment involved in that. I know uh, 
his uh, rookie year, we had a preseason game against Cincinnati, and he, he took a, a, a short dump off and outran four secondary guys. And at that point, I was like, well, this kid's got something to him. So, um, But I think he, he continues to surprise us with doing different things and seeing different things and being able to uh, uh, go out and perform in, in, in different areas that, that – I, he's still not his best self yet. He's still got room that he can get better at, and uh, that's always what we strive to do is, okay, you know, you're doing this well, so let, let's improve in this category, and he keeps pushing that. Can you be specific about what you're talking about? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I guess what's been most satisfying and gratifying for you uh, given Jody's injury last year and how he's been more productive um, this season coming back from the Achilles injury? Uh, well, he was flying pretty high last year when he got hurt. You know, he made six games and got hurt against uh, Washington. Um, and then he attacked his uh, rehab. So for him to come back, uh, he was ready to go and wanting to get going during OTAs, and we held him back because uh, Rick wanted to wait until, you know, training camp to fully let him go. And uh, it's been great watching him. Uh, you know, progress again. He's uh, gets better at the, the things that we set each week uh, as far as what he needs to attack and, and and focus on, and then the other areas. He's just a phenomenal athlete, and you see that part of his game. And the more experience he gets, and it's great having uh, the guys in the room. You know, Travis obviously sees the game really well, and and Blake Bell, who's been in the league for a while, so he's got people to here and, and give a perspective on what he's done in practice and in games and uh, he can you know kind of take that in and, and use that as he goes forward. Travis takes up such a big part of the tight end offense because he's so great. Uh, what have you seen from Noah Gray as he's developed through this first couple of years? Is he about where you thought he'd be in this situation? Um, I mean you'd like to say yes but I, I think he's, he's progressing kind of where you would say a second year tight end would be. The things that he did last year were a little more mechanical. Uh, he can handle different layers to making decisions and physically he's able to go with them now where a year ago it was just a tick off because he didn't recognize it and see it as quickly. And uh, Again, same thing with, with Travis in the room there that he can give him feedback on how he, he looks at something and how he should pre-snap and post-snap look at it. Uh, so it's a good discussion in the room with everybody. They have varying degrees of experience and ability, and some guys can do uh, what the others can, can't, and you kind of have to build off of that to not ask somebody to do what the other guy did and, and you know, not what you do well. Generally speaking, uh, you know, it's a week-to-week -week league, and last year you guys played the Titans. It was about a year ago. A lot of different players on both teams. That was probably one of the poor offensive games you guys have had in the regular season against anyone. Patrick, uh, you know, mentioned yesterday, it sounds like it's maybe still sticking with him. He likes to file things away and keep it up. Do you, you guys take anything from last year's game? Do you remember things? Do you just let it all go um, as far as, like, what they did to stop you guys? Well, obviously you're going to – well, you're going to – you know, uh, you know, scrutinize what went on during the game, the good, the bad, and, and what we expected, didn't expect, and, uh, you know, do that as your off-season off study. Uh, 
you know, it was kind of like w with the Bills. It's, you know, it, it's a new year, a new team. They won last year, so, you know, again, you, as a competitor, that always fits in, but it can't drive you. Uh, we have a whole new team, and uh, the dynamics are different, so that can't be. You can't talk in there, hey, this is what they did last year where half the guys weren't here. So uh, it can't be the driving factor. The guys that were, you know, obviously Patrick goes with it, and Travis has some, you know, thoughts on that one. But uh, you kind of have to use the good, evaluate the bad, and, and, and have a, a positive, hopefully a positive, uh, performance going forward. Um, uh, Travis is kind of in an age where a lot of guys maybe start losing their skills, and he obviously has it. What, what, what can you put your finger on there? Is it just luck, or is there more to it than that? There's a couple things. There is luck because, you know, injury is always uh, a huge part of this game. So he's been fortunate that the injuries he's had, he's, one, played through, um, and, and two, he's been able to, the ones he's had to have surgery, uh, be able to come back from it. So it's kind of a, a little bit of both. He, he's, he has a, a, the highest pain tolerance uh, and one of the toughest kids that I've ever coached. Uh, in football, so the, those things kind of help with him too, um, as far as being able to perform probably with some of the, you know, the, the bruises and nicks and cuts that you get in, in the normal course of a year. But he has been fortunate in that regard that it hasn't been season any type. So let's hope I'll come find you if something. Yeah. Yeah. Are there other things that beyond that? Well, I, I, you know, he's you check the boxes with him as far as you know how how. Athletic he is, uh, how smart he is, how well he takes care of his body, um, his outlook, his, his team perspective. Uh, you know, he, he's uh, just as a competitor. So he's got all those things going for him. And I think it's just a conglomeration of everything kind of building to where. Uh, and he's able to play with, you know, Patrick obviously comes in. Uh, had a great quarterback to start with, with, with uh, Alex that was tremendous with everybody, but uh, with him specifically as to what I expect from you, where you need to be. and um, So he, he's been fortunate in that regard. Class two, Nate Tom, for understandable reasons, we often ask you how you can help a player. I just wonder with the unique situation you guys have before tight ends back another season, how much does that help you as a coach? To have all four back at the same time? Well, you take everybody where they're at and just try and make them better from where their bar is at this point. So it's, I'd rather have somebody come back and move them on as opposed to starting at zero with a new player. Uh, but that's, that's just the game. I'm, for, I'm fortunate that we have the four back uh, that we had last year and keep them moving forward because you, you can get them better at the things that they need to for this offense. We have a better feel for them. They have a feel for what we're doing. So we can go further, uh, but just part of the, the process is you're going to have new kids. That's the way it happens, and you, you get somebody wherever they're at and build them up. But fortunately, I have the four to where now they're all ratcheting uh, a step higher than they were a year ago, and that, that's always better if they're the four you had as opposed to now starting back down with a new kid. So. Coach, along those same lines, the 12 personnel package has always been a staple of a West Coast offense and even the Chiefs offense. You, you've run more 13 this year. What, what specific traits are you looking for with those kinds of tight ends for a 13 personnel package? 
Um, well, I don't think you, I mean, it's not specific to having three tight ends out there as opposed to two or one. It's just who are the best, who are the matchup th this week, how do they affect, you know, a defense may handle it like it's just three wide receivers and one tight end and, and not make any adjustments that way. What are our advantages to that and what uh, are the disadvantages to how they match us up? And that would probably let you know sometimes we'll have th more three tight end sets against a team and sometimes we wouldn't because the matchup doesn't uh, pan out or there are perceived matchup on that one. So that that's the, the whole cat and mouse game there. It's, if we have the three out there, what are they going to do? If we have one out there, what are they going to do? What's the advantage to us? And then you look at the other guys. How I many you get two backs out there? And so that that's the discussion. You start from the beginning and just keep building on it as in your evaluation and find out what what we like and how it works against what they do. Thanks, so. Ready to roll? Lucas has been working really hard with our training staff uh, and the nutritionists and doing all the right things that way. Yesterday was the first time we got to see him out there on the field. Uh, it was a great start for him. You know, I'm excited to see how he you know, progresses. Uh, there'll be a lot to evaluate here in the coming days and weeks. At the tackle position, Orlando Brown, Andrew Wiley, just how would you assess how they've been performing so far this season? Yeah, uh, I love both these players. And, uh, you know, that both of them have their uh, different strengths. You know, Andrew's a tenacious guy. He uses nice technique. Uh, Orlando's got that great length, uh, terrific leadership in our room. He's a football smart guy. Uh, and just like everybody in that room, those guys have things wor they're working on every day, and I like the way they approach their work. They come with something to work on every day. Coach, when you have a game again against San Francisco, I mean, you've given up a number of pressures the week before, and then you know, it's like, oh, here, here comes Bosa, and he's coming back, and then you guys really neutralize that a lot. You know, how, how much does that you know, build the confidence of, you know, you mentioned Andrew, and, you know, when they've had kind of a tough day to bounce back and have that kind of success? Yeah, well, we've had some great challenges, and the challenges, you know, continue, and they will continue. Uh, when you talk about the, the types of D-line and the rushers that we face, uh, protection uh, falls largely to the O-line's responsibility. It is an 11-man operation, uh, and, you know, last, thing, last week, you know, a lot of things were going right in terms of guys getting open, backs doing a beautiful, tight ends doing a beautiful job with their chips. Uh, Pat finding guys, ball out fast, so it all works together. And then, uh, you know, good technique and tenacity uh, with the line. Uh, so uh, definitely something to build upon, uh, something that we don't take for granted. We work on it hard every day. Coach, and I know obviously players got to play, but, I mean, a little credit to the coaching staff. I mean, you got guys going the wrong direction. We got them set up. I mean, blocking's angles is not just brute force. So you got a lot, of good, a lot of their guys taking steps in the wrong direction. That made it a lot easier. You know, you said a lot of things went right. How, you know, was that as, about as right as it can go from what the plan was and having it come to fruition on the field? Yeah, I mean, when you're talking about great players, and again, we're going to face some great ones uh, this week, uh, you, as coaches, one of our jobs is to put our guys in the best position to win. And if we see something where we can gain an advantage, we're going to try to do that. And uh, for us, it's a lot of fun when things do work right. Like, oh, that's, that's kind of how we pictured that. And so uh, there were a number of those things. They didn't all go that way, but there's a number of those things. And yeah, we feel good about that.
Andy, um, after the game in San Francisco, gave you credit for identifying the jet sweep to be a, maybe a positive play against the 49ers. I just wonder, misdirections, reverses, jet sweeps, how much um, is that your responsibility as part of the offense, or how much do you enjoy sort of finding those maybe windows of opportunity instead of just going the traditional forward and blocking scheme? Yeah, well, of course, we work together as an offensive staff to look for these opportunities, uh, really starting with what do our guys do well? What, what are their strengths? Uh, and then does that fit with what we're seeing defensively? Uh, and yes, uh, in terms of the run game, I, I will take the lead there. Uh, we'll work as a staff to put that run game together. But, you know, a special, we would consider that even though sometimes it's like a, a six-inch completion uh, that'll fall into the run game uh, purview. And so, you know, uh, we, you know, when we look at a guy like McCollum, we've got other people that have got uh, ability to take that ball and get it in space and do something with it. We're looking for opportunities to do that, sure. You have uh, seven games of tape now of seeing Isaiah Pacheco with the, with the blocking scheme. Just how much are you learning about the rookie in that aspect? Of how might his progress, the offensive line's progress, improve uh, now that you have a chance to look over those seven games? Yeah, uh, I like what I'm seeing there. Uh, I mean, I th I'm seeing what you all are seeing. I mean, he's a strong, violent uh, runner with good speed, uh, good vision. So, you know, all the things you look for in a runner, uh, it does take time to, uh, for all of us, you know, uh, O-line, uh, back to kind of like get a hang of these different angles. We do a lot of different things when you talk about our run game, you know, whether it's gone inside zone, oh, now it's mid zone, now we get in the dot and we do this. So we're asking these guys to learn a lot of specific sort of angles, and then you multiply that times uh, what exponentially against the defenses you're seeing. It, it takes some time to work together here. Uh, but uh, I love what Pacheco's doing. Uh, he's growing fast. That whole room, really, and I think that they all work together very well. Let's close it out with Nick Todd and yeah, Andy, uh, with Orlando Brown from the time you traded for him to where he's at now, where have been the growth and uh, progression that you've seen? Probably number one uh, would be in learning uh, those things that I was just referring to. I mean, first he has to learn our language. Uh, that Last year he did that because uh, it's just a little bit different. All stuff he's done, uh, so he learned our language. And then now, you know, just learning these uh, various angles in the run game, uh, the hundred little details uh, in pass protection that pop up. And then, you know, that's one of the beautiful things about football uh, it's not like riding a bike, like once you got it, you got it forever. You got to, you know, continue with it. And so, you know, uh, Orlando did miss a big uh, part of the offseason. And so, uh, you know, while guys were training uh, here, he, he was doing his uh, work. But there's something to be said for, you know, getting in there, seeing the, the looks you need to see. So now we're pretty well into the season here. And so I'm seeing him kind of get to where he's caught up with everybody else. We're about halfway through this year. You got to a couple of sophomores, right, second-year guys there in the middle. What's the challenge like for them to get through a full second year after the league's kind of got a little idea of what they're about and have, have those guys perform? Uh, I, I think in, uh, the, in reality, their challenges are the same as any NFL player, if you boil it, boil it down. However, there is something to the uh, idea of a sophomore slump, you know, potential, because people now know what, what you're about. Uh, so I don't discount that. Uh, I think at the end of the day, you, you just take one day at a time. Uh, you take care of your body. Uh, you get out there and you, you take care of the job at hand. Uh, and if you'll do that, it, there should be no such thing as a sophomore slump. 
Um, you know, when you talk about uh, Creed and Trey, these are excellent uh, professionals. Uh, you know, I feel like we really struck gold in, in getting these two young players here. Um, I love how they work. Is it difficult? I mean, you know, everybody kind of uses a lot of running backs now, and you guys are using all your backs. And kind of what Nate was talking about with the protection. It, it, several games ago, there was one where like McKinnon chipped. It looked like maybe Wiley was set, like he was going to. He didn't know that help was going to be there. I don't know if he did, but he kind of knocked. I think it was Von Miller knocked Von Miller kind of right towards the quarterback. How is that? How do you get that chemistry when you don't have many bad practices? And, and all that, and you've got so many different backs that are playing. And how do you get that chemistry that everyone's on the same page, whole line with running back on, on what all's being called? Um, and how each guy operates. Yeah, you know, through playing, uh, but switching the backs, I, I don't think changes it that much. Uh, you know, in a case like that, and it happens from time to time, uh, a tackle, you know, you get locked in on man. <laughs> You get laser focus on a guy like Von Miller or whoever, and you forget a detail like, okay, how's he going to react to a chip? Uh, and, and the answer is not, don't chip him, right? It's like, hey, man, we're going to chip these guys. Uh, so how's he going to react? And so that's where, you know, hey, sometimes we, we, we got to learn from that uh, mistake and come back and say, all right, next time you're going to uh, play just a little differently. Now, as a tackle, one thing you do is you, uh, you set a guy like you don't have a chip, but you, because you may lose it back to uh, protection, he may have to block a blitzer. Um, but you understand that if there is a chip, this is how he'll react. So um, that's a long way to answer your question. Like uh, game time experience, that's the best practice. All right, and then and I know uh, wherever Patrick goes, your unit's job is to block for him. But you know we've watched him kind of evolve. How has he evolved? And and you know using his athleticism, but using it in a way that you know helps his line and not drifting too far back. Stepping up, I mean, how do you see his evolution? Has he made it easier for your guys? Uh, I'll tell you, uh, whatever Pat's doing, uh, however he's doing it, he makes our job easier for sure. Uh, and we're we're all excited about how he does it. I know that he works uh, harder than anybody on his fundamentals, his footwork, his pocket uh, presence. Uh, I I hear that, and you know, can see that he has improved in this area and continues to work on that. It's a daily process. Um, but wherever he ends up, man, we just got to stay between our guy and him for as long as it takes. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Thanks, yeah. guys. All right.